Welcome to another episode of the Successful Fashion Freelancer Podcast. I am your host, Heidi, and today we have a strategy session with one of our Freelance Accelerator students, Lindsay. Lindsay is a mom of a three-year-old, and she is pregnant with her second kiddo, due in a couple months. Um, she's also in this weird in-between stage where she is not working full-time, but also kind of interviewing for full-time, and she is trying to juggle uh, this transition period between the work stuff and becoming a mom, not becoming a mom, but becoming a mom to a second child. And we go through a bunch of tips on productivity and scheduling your time and how to balance, you know, the full-time job and the job hunt and her kids with trying to build her freelance career. Um, You know, life is challenging enough in itself. And when we have a lot of moving pieces and parts, it can just become even harder. So I talk Lindsay through some of my personal strategies that I use. I don't know if they're the best or if they're, you know, I guess they're proven because they work for me, but uh, you know, from from a mom to a mom, I kind of just talk her through some of my mental process on how I think about my day and my time and make sure that I get the things done that I need to get done. Um, So if you are having any challenges with you know, productivity or, or time management, I think this is going to be really valuable for you. Uh, in the second half of the conversation, we get into a little bit more nuances of freelancing and clients and niche and pitching and having all of those various conversations. And so Lindsay and I talk about, you know, is she, has she done enough customer research? Is she ready to start pitching? You know, where, what does that look like? Um, we go through some common sort of common sense things that she can infuse into her pitch without having to do any additional customer research um, and how she can make herself look really attractive as a freelancer to the brands that she wants to reach out to. So it's a little bit of a conversation where we kind of go like all over the place. Um, that's what these Q&A and one-on-one strategy sessions are for, for me to sit down and help uh, you with exactly what you're working on and exactly where you're stuck right now and and the conversations just kind of bounce around a little bit so time management pitching niche etc all the little things that we have to think about as freelancers um lindsay is a student inside of freelance accelerator which is how she got the opportunity to get on this uh one-on-one freelance strategy session with me if you are interested in getting a strategy session for yourself um check out the details of our program freelance accelerator you can click the link below it is at soheidi.com slash fast, F-A-S-T. Um, and beyond that, if you uh, would like to check out my free resources on growing and building your freelance career, we will link to those as well. Uh, you can grab our entire freelance success pack, which will help you get started and learn a little bit more about all the steps and processes that it takes to become a freelancer in the fashion industry. You can grab that at soheidi.com slash freelance. And again, we will link to that below. Um, thank you so much for watching or listening wherever you are tuning in. I hope you're having a great day. And uh, without further ado, let's hop into my strategy session with Lindsay. Here we go. All right, Lindsay, um, I have some details about what you'd like to talk about today, but I'd rather let you kind of kickstart with where you are, where you're trying to go, and what I can do to support you getting there. Yeah, so I am in a position I've never found myself in before. Um, <laughs> I, I'm currently pregnant. That's not new, actually. This is my second child. Okay. Congratulations um, still. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I, I am currently unemployed. And so that was unexpected layoffs okay. that happened last um, winter. And since that, like it was a company-wide layoff just because of, um, yeah, issues and stuff and the pandemic, as we know, all yeah. of those un, um, unfortunate chain reactions. So, um, yeah, so I'm currently unemployed. I am interviewing for positions. Um, freelance is something that I've always kind of had, like, in my back pocket, slowly been working through the fast course even two years ago, but more recently really, like, coming back to it to commit to it mm-hmm. um, and pursue that. But at the same time still going on some interviews, um, doing some job research, things like that, just because one, it's actually a requirement when you're on unemployment, but also I just am like, what, I don't know what to do at this point. Do I, like, (laughs) what do I do with myself? It's a kind of strange transition period. So Yeah. yeah, it's been very interesting. Um, had 
as far as actual jobs go, I'm a children's wear clothing designer. Okay. So I've always been in children's wear. Um, before that, my background was in visual display and merchandising. So I did that um, for Macy's and then for Free People and then transitioned into design okay. kind of unexpectedly, but that's where I've been. Yeah. Um, so yeah, love it, but also uh, these interviews have been really promising. And then personally, I feel very strongly about being transparent with the people I'm going to work with. I don't have mm. to disclose that I'm pregnant, but because I'm mm. entering, well, now in my third trimester, okay. <laughs> I'm like, by the way, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you're doing, I imagine you're interviewing remotely. So it's like, they're not seeing. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Ironically, one job that I am, you know, potentially going to, that might work out, is the one that I actually went in person okay. um, to interview with. <laughs> so we'll see. But in the meantime, I'm like, well, you know, I'm just going to keep tracking along towards freelance because um, that's always, you know, something I'd, I want to be able to do and pursue. So yeah. Yeah. So that's where I'm at right now. Okay. So what specifically do you want to talk about? Like, what would you like to, to be so nerdy, like strategize on or yeah. get some coaching on? Yeah. Um, one thing would be maybe picking your brain a bit about time management when you are specifically, I mean, this is as a parent, like transitioning yeah. from a full-time job to a freelance career. Yeah. Um, what might that look like for you um, as far as like how you spent your time, how, you know, what needed to give. And I, I guess that could be different for everyone, but yeah, I'm happy to talk about it. Like, yeah. For me. Yeah. What was the transition like, I guess, from like full-time to a freelance career full-time? So, I mean, for me personally, I was in a very different position than you are now because you also, you, it's your second child, right? How mm -hmm. old's your firstborn? She's three. three. So that's okay. lots of fun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> My son's two. Okay. Um, but, you know, I went to freelance back in like 2009, way before I had a kid. I mean, my husband and I, well, he was my boyfriend at that time. Like, we didn't have a family support. We had no overhead. I mean, we were like, just life was very different, right? Sure, yep. So um, as far as like time management, I don't think I would even look back on myself at that time and give you any advice <laughs> <laughs> because I jumped into this like new career path that I thought would just take off. And the first year I floundered like terribly. Um, so instead of talking about transitioning from full-time to freelance from my own personal experience in real time and like my real life, I can, I, I'd rather talk about it a little more theoretically and then also mm -hmm. balancing your time, like as a mom or a parent. Sure. Yep. Um, and what gives, I mean, you said what gives the first thing that gave for me is like my house. <laughs> I mean, okay. the floors are, there's more crumbs than I would care to admit. <laughs> and it used to make me insane. Um, and now I'm like, well, we got a Roomba and it helps, but we don't run it as often as we should. And it's kind of loud, blah, blah, blah. So I let my house go and there's toys everywhere all the time. And like three year, three years ago, me, that would never have been an option. So for some people, if that's going to make you crazy, then don't let that give, right? Yeah. Um, food has given a little within reason. Like some nights I'm like frozen pizza. That's what we're doing. Whereas yeah. like I used to like cook from scratch, chop fresh garlic, like every night. Right. <laughs> Um, and then a little bit of sleep as is the territory with a parent, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially a newborn. Um, but then it's a matter of like finding those pockets of time where like are really, really productive for you. And I ironically saw something on Instagram this morning that really resonated with me that I've been doing and I didn't realize like how much it resonated with me, but um, you know, I know there's differences in people as far as like night owl versus like morning person. 
I've never really been a morning person, but I've recently been like waking up just naturally at like five, five thirty. And I'm like, I could lay in bed for an hour and a half and just kind of lay here and da, da, da. And like a lot of times I will or I would. Sure. And I've been trying to force myself to get up and get like a solid two, two and a half hours in, like mm-hmm. in the quiet of the morning, no matter how much I don't want to. And I have found that time to be insanely productive. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been a night owl in my past life before having a child. And... I can tell you, and and so I saw this thing on Instagram this morning, this guy was talking about how he in his own personal life has found that like two hours in the morning can, you can get done like what you can get done in five hours versus two hours at night is not, like you're not going to get five hours worth of work done. Got it. I'm not here to tell you you have to be a morning person, but I was like, oh my God, I feel like I had been experiencing that and I didn't even realize it. It's just... The house uh, is so quiet. The day hasn't started. You know, those first 10, 15 minutes are, like, groggy. You're like, oh, it's hard, especially in the winter, and it's dark, and it's cold and stuff. But um, the productivity at that time, I think if you can force yourself to, like, do that and get over that initial hump of, like, getting out of the warm bed um, yeah. can be – and don't let, you know, not cleaning, not da-da-da, that can be, like, amazingly yeah. productive. Okay. Okay. Um, I can keep going. I have a couple other small things, but um, is any of this like helpful? Yeah, absolutely. I okay, because mean, sometimes I'm like I'm just blabbering <laughs> out about like my life. <laughs> no, no, it's very relatable. Um, yeah, letting like some of the things to let go. If I could clock how much time I spend, probably just like randomly cleaning up things, even though I'd like to say you know, oh, playtime's playtime. I'll do it later. Yeah. Um, that, that doesn't happen or how often I will get distracted with something else that I'm like, oh, it'll just take a minute to do this and then I'll get to work. And then before you know it. yeah. Yeah. So it's very relatable. Um, being more aware, I think is where it would really help me to be intentional and be aware of like your cleaning stop. (laughs) Yeah. It's okay. If it doesn't happen right now, um, it's not the most important thing. So yeah, yeah, that is, that's, that's a good one for sure. Um, I mean, everything you said, a warm bed, that word warm is most definitely (laughs) like, I grew up in Arizona, so I'm like, okay. And I know you're in New York now and it's April. So it's like (laughs) starting to get nice, but like the winters are hard, man. I live in the mountains. I hear you. It's hard. It is. Yeah. I mean, anywhere in the winter when it's dark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. And it, it's interesting now because I know I'm waking up there are those natural like wake up moments and it's a matter of like, am I going to get out of bed and tough it out for the next 10, 15 minutes or lay here? Lay here. So, um, yeah, those are things I could definitely look in, like just be aware of. Yeah. Um, yeah, the cleaning thing. I mean, I, t- I feel like I would be kind of full time cleaning all the time, like a little bit here, a little bit there. A little- and now I'm just like, I let it go and like usually my husband and I try to do like a one bender like on Sunday or something. Um, otherwise, I have the terrible attitude of like I could pick up all these toys and then in five seconds they're going to be everywhere again. Yeah. So yeah. like what's the point? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right? Suddenly the toy I'm holding is the most interesting toy. Yeah. The one I'm going to put in the bin. Yeah. Um. You know, outside of that, something that has worked really, really, really well for me and I'm still refining um, is batching. So, I mean, there's an example right there, batch your cleaning, right? I know it can be hard because cleaning is like laundry. It's a constant chore, but like batch that. But outside of cleaning, like batch your work, right? So what are you working on? And, And it can be batching from like week to week or day to day or even like morning to afternoon. So... When are you doing your emails? When are you doing your outreach? When are you, um, you know, doing your job hunt? Obviously, interviews aside, because that's your schedule dependent on the brand, et cetera. Right. But you can still control a lot of the other parts of that process, right? Um, and so as you're planning out, 
building your freelance career, what are the various tasks that you're going to be doing? And then what makes the most sense to kind of batch so that you can like get your brain into the right space. Mm. And here's a perfect example that I, I think I've shared on the podcast before. Obviously I don't expect you to listen to every episode, but, um, I used to, so I've been doing the podcast for about five years. And when I first started, I never really got too behind on interviews because I'm a little bit of like a planner and a little overachiever. Like it would give me sheer anxiety if I didn't have something for like, you know, the next couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, um, so I was always ahead, but I was kind of constantly recording an interview here, an interview there, da, 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 da. And it felt like mentally, it felt like the podcast was always happening. Yeah. Full-time mm-hmm. job, right? Mm-hmm. And we now record four times a year. I do them all. I batch it. I do it in a week. This week, I pretty much did them all in two days. Um, and it's very intense two days, but, like, we batch it. Tara helps coordinate everything and Daniel. And I sit down, and I get all my stuff set up, and I batch it. And then when it's done, not only is the time done for me to sit and have a conversation for an hour, the mental space, which I actually think is right. more valuable sometimes than the physical time, right? Right. I literally can forget about the podcast for like three months. Yeah. Now, I realize that like in freelancing or you know other ventures, you might not be able to batch it in that large of chunks, but even morning to afternoon or like on Mondays, I do this, right, um, can be really, really valuable. You've got efficiencies at play, right? It's going to mm-hmm. be a lot more efficient. You've got the mm-hmm. mental space. And then once that thing's done, you can be like, okay, I can forget about it until tomorrow. I can forget about it until next week. Um, so that's been something that I would say I've really only gotten even started to think about or get good at since Errol was born. I mean, Mm -hmm. just in the last couple of years, I would say that's pretty new for me Um, because as a mom, you all of a sudden are like overnight, you have such limited time. You're forced, right? Right. Yeah. Before I would, I mean, I love my business. I love my business and I would, because I could and because I wanted to like work 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Like that's what I wanted to do. Like, yeah. And now it's not an option. I'm like, okay, this is what I have available. I have to make this work. And I actually feel like I get more done than before he was born. Mm. Um, because you you kind of just have to let go of those things that don't matter. Right, yeah. And, and so then I'll just end with this one thing and then um, see how this feels to you. But, you know, something that I really think about a lot is like the 80-20 rule. I don't know if you've ever mm. heard of that. I have, yeah. So 80% of your results come from 20% of your effort. So anytime I'm putting effort into something or I'm going to invest time or thought into something, I do a gut check. I'm like, is this 80-20? Is this actually going to contribute to some type of result that matters? Mm. Um, And I've gotten really critical on, you know what, that doesn't matter. This is good enough and we can let it go as is. Or this doesn't even matter at all. We're not even going to do it. Yeah. Um, and I think that as a freelancer, you know, especially in the early days, um, this is why I advise people, like, don't spin your wheels on a website because you will get sucked into the website rabbit hole, which can take forever. You don't need to get fancy business cards. You don't need to do a resume. Um, your portfolio can be very simple PDF. Like, these these are all 80-20 things, right? The yeah. website is not part of the 80-20 And a website can take a tremendous amount of effort and time and exhaustion. And it's really not going to, for most people, it's really not going to get you any actual results. So it's just being really critical that like every time you do have that spare moment to sit down or whatever, even if it's just 10 minutes, um, being really thoughtful about like, what are you going to use that 10 minutes Mm. for? And then... I just have to throw in one more thing, and then I'll open it back up to you, but it made me think of this. Um, Being surprised at what you can get done in those cracks of time. I think it can be very easy. Not I think. I know because I've been there. It's very easy to say, well, it's only 10 minutes. Like, I can't get anything done. 
it's kind of amazing what you can get done in 10 minutes when you're like, this is all I've got. Like I have to jam it in. Right. <laughs> and maybe you only get started and it's not very productive for like batching and stuff, but like still those cracks in the day, um, like before Errol started daycare, he didn't start daycare until he was 14 months. So I was with him full time for the first 14 months. It was the beginning of the pandemic, et cetera. Um, and I was working during his naps and my husband was working full time and like, I, it was a lot, but I learned that like, okay, I can get a lot done in his, and you know, he's taking these sporadic 20 minute naps as they do when they're young. Yeah. Um, or, you know, he could be on the floor playing with a toy or even now that he's two and he's in daycare three days a week, but still sometimes he'll be at home playing and I'm like, oh, I think I can squeeze in 10 minutes. I'll open my computer quietly on the kitchen counter. Right. <laughs> and it's kind of crazy what you can jam into those little cracks and crevices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. What do you think about all that? Um, it, it reminds me actually something that I heard from you early on in the modules where, uh, you, uh, what, it, what was it? It was people are surprised or like underestimate how much they can do or overestimate how much they can do in a week and underestimate mm. how much they can do, you know, in a year, yeah, three years, five years. And that was such a like, yeah, <laughs> moment for me. Um, cause I definitely, you know, am a part of, well, I'm a human. So like everyone loves instant gratification, right? Yeah. Um, you want your results now. Um, but there's something about this idea of like investing now little by little in order to, you know, reap those long-term benefits mm -hmm. that has really started to resonate and like mm. something I've been, um, trying to embrace more and more. So yeah, that does resonate. And I also hear you when you say, you know, these little, little 10 minutes, like the irony is I I'm trying to go that way. I'm trying to embrace the investing in the little yeah. moments for yeah. the long term, but also I'm like, Oh, it's only 10 minutes. Like, <laughs> I, I'm a creative. I need a full day to really get the creative right? juice flowing. And, you know, 10 minutes is nothing. And that's not true. Like, it's that's not just, true. It's, yeah, it, uh, it's something that can be practiced and, like, get better over time, I'm sure. So, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that definitely, the organizing of my time is, um, I agree with you too, with like having kids in some ways I'm more organized now than I was before mm -hmm. with my time. Cause you do, you just kind of prioritize, like I only have this window. What am I going to do with it? Yeah. Um, and batching like laundry has definitely felt like Mondays are for laundry. <laughs> That's the way I do it. And then I don't have to think about it the rest yeah. of the week. Yeah. Um, I have scheduled my, freelance time, like, you know, trying to make sure that's on the calendar and like, here are my windows, Kara, my daughter, she's in daycare three days a week. So that's definitely helpful. The last two months, because of the interviews, I'm, I'm now seeing that's where my schedule has started to get yeah. all kind of like, uh, yeah, just wacky because those have, there's been a lot, which has been great, except they've interrupted any of that extra time where I could have yeah. been working on freelance or things yeah. like that. So it's not, it wasn't wasted time, but it no. was, um, yeah, I'm just now starting to realize like, Oh no, no wonder now I'm like tr doing less job searching and starting to focus back more on the freelancing yeah. and getting back more into that routine and following my schedule that I originally created. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, a question I do have in regard actually to interviewing with companies or even, even clients. Yeah. Um, I know you've talked about doing like free projects and stuff like that. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. <laughs> yeah, and I know how you feel about that. Um, I think that's how we mostly all feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With the job interviews twice, have they asked if I could do like a little mini project for them and put something together giving me a week to do it and I didn't even think to like research it before I was like yeah no problem because 
I'm happy to do that. But in hindsight, I'm like, man, I spent way more time on this. And who's to say that they won't use it potentially, whether or not they hire me. Mm -hmm. And I don't have anything in place to like, fight against that, you know, other than like, Hey, this is my, you know, I know I created it and I can show the original documents, but, um, I guess, so my question would be when it comes to anyone who's actually interviewing for a company or I guess even clients as a freelancer, is there an appropriate amount of time to invest in a project if they ask you to do a project or what would be some good questions to ask them um, about the project? Does that make make sense? Yeah, I mean... Like, I I don't want to just say no. No, (laughs) you can't. Unfortunately, you can't just say no. Like, that's the way our industry is built and it's going to be decades if it ever does change. Um, and unfortunately you lose the opportunity if you say no. Right. right. We all realize the repercussions. Um, I mean, I don't think there's a great answer. I think it's like, if you really want the job, then you put in the time required to kick ass on the project and show them that you're the right person. Yeah. Um, is there a chance that they're going to steal it? Totally. Does it happen? It does. If they steal it, guess what? That's probably not a brand you want to work for anyway. So yeah. Yep. Unfortunately you wasted your time and now you've got some work for your portfolio. Is there anything you can do to protect yourself? Not really. I mean, you're not going to take that to court. Yeah. No offense. Like to any of us, it's just no judge. Nobody cares. Um, as far as like the time to put in, I don't, I mean, I, I'm not sure there's any like conversation to have with them or like limit to put on yourself. You know, if you're kind of like, eh, okay, if I got the job, cool. Then say to yourself, okay, what do I think I really need to do this five hours? And I'm going to cap it at five hours. And if I can get something out in five hours, that works great. If you're kind of meh on the job, right? Um, I mean, if you're super meh, then just be like, I'm not going to do it at all, right, if you don't care. Mm -hmm. So I don't think I have a great answer. As far as it goes in relation to freelancing, um, from my experience and from all of our students' experiences, these free trial projects don't happen. Like, brands don't ask for them. Um, If they do ask for them, it tends to be, like, this tends to be more common in, like, a permalance capacity, yeah, which is okay. like a job, right? So that's not really the kind of freelancing I'm talking about anyways. So, um, you know, and, and as far as the freelance project goes, if it does come up, then you can approach it how you want. Like, you know, I'm happy to do a project at a trial rate. I don't know if you've gotten to that part of the module where we talk about trial rates. Um, Just now. Yep. Okay. So that's a really great negotiating tool. That's a win-win for everybody. Um, I still don't condone doing the free project. I mean, I don't condone it at all. Is it a requirement to get some jobs? Totally. Um, can it be a requirement for freelance? Most of the time not. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking in my head, if I can even think of one example that I've heard of, of course, you know, I don't hear about every student's experience, but usually when things come up that they know I'm heated about, people let me know. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't worry about it too much coming up as far as freelancing goes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was helpful. Like in this last module where I was talking about pricing and rates and like some of those options that you can work with, which was really helpful. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, one thing that was one of the two projects I did, um, is actually part of the one that might end up working out. So we'll see. Um, Oh, there you go. Yeah, but... See, not all brands are here to steal our work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I know it can feel like that. The benefit yeah. of the doubt. But, yeah, uh, yeah it is an interesting business. We're all yes. inspired, quote-unquote, right. um, by one another. So, right. um, 
Yeah. And like, yeah, things you said already were things that I'm like, well, you know what, that actually was beneficial to be able to like know what I can do in this amount of hours that I spent on it. Yeah. Um, and now there's something for my portfolio if I, I feel proud of it. So totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of some other questions that I have for you. I mean, newborn and freelance, no benefits, but I mean, you know, (laughs) you get through the first three months, how you get through the first three months, right? You've done this before, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, Don't set any expectations for yourself. Like just day by day, eight hour, minute by minute. Yeah. Yeah, Right. Um, when's your baby due in June? June, beginning of June. Yeah. April, May. Okay. So you have like two months. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, you know, what do you want to get done in these two months? Obviously you're, you're, you know, I, it sounds like your intention is to land a full-time job to get stability with that and then build your freelance career in tandem on the side. Right. And then maybe eventually go full-time as it grows ish tentative soft plan. Tentative soft plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say since becoming unemployed, I was, my plan was, all right, great. This is actually an opportunity. Well, not great, but like, this is an opportunity (laughs) to build my freelance. Like I, you know, those hours I would have been working in an office, I can now, um, put towards freelance. Um, kind of like unexpectedly was the opportunity to interview for these jobs that I was required to apply for just because I was on employment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is great, but also, you know, it's kind of like a, not a catch 22. I don't know what the right term would be, but it's, you know, trying to to do both now all of a sudden. It's It's a lot. Now, now it feels like a different kind of full-time job where I'm Job hunting can be a full-time job in itself. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I, at this point I'm, yeah, kind of, I have stopped applying for other jobs, at least for this week. Okay. Um, waiting to hear how that, this one pans out. That was like my kind of last, like, let's see how this goes. And then next week we're going to go back to freelance focus. So that's where I'm at this week, waiting to hear and then continuing to pursue, um, I believe the unemployment program actually has a program now that is, if you're trying to build your own business, then you don't have to fulfill some of the requirements that they oh. would otherwise offer. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If, yeah. I, I have to look into more of the details, but if that's the case, I might, yeah, I'm going to look into that and see. Okay. Um, you can submit some of your business efforts Right. Okay. Right. So it isn't this kind of like job searching, having an interview, but also still trying to build something on the side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are all fun, exciting things. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, what else do you want to gab about? I mean, I'm here. Anything else that you like? I mean, I'm an open book here. You can ask about anything. (laughs) Um, this is a totally random question, yeah, do um, it. but your leather jacket, I, I love it. Is oh, that, uh, you know what? God, I'd actually have to like take it. I think it's some random brand. I'm going to take oh, it really? off and tell you. Yeah. I, I don't even I see it. I'm like, that looks like this all saints jacket. That's... Oh, it's not all saints. I can tell you that much. <laughs> I think it's, um, I think it actually might be. What is it? TRF Leather Collection? I feel like I got it at the thrift store, and it's... um, That's the best. Yeah, I'm a big thrifter. 
Uh, and it's, I think it's random. <laughs> and I wish it fit me as well as it fit before I had a baby, but it still fits. <laughs> <laughs> it still fits, yeah. It fits enough to wear yeah. as a leather jacket with a t-shirt underneath. I feel like I used to get like a hooded sweatshirt under here and zip it up. And I was like, yeah, no, that's not happening that's anymore. That's not happening, no. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Um, so I do have a question. Yeah, go um, ahead. My, so the niche mar- market I had done my customer research. I started to develop my, um, you know, uh, like what am I offering? Yeah. What is the benefit? All of those things. Yeah. And now I feel like I have been able to refine, refine what my niche is, which I can tell you in just a moment. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking I need to go back to customer research to a more like targeted demographic. Okay. Let's hear the details. Um, so what I'd like to do is develop children's wear collections for established brands that are women owned, um, who might not yet have a children's clothing brand established. Ah, interesting. Okay. So they might have like women's and they want to expand into children's or something. So helping them to expand. Okay. Into the children's wear category, um, with, sustainability doesn't have to be a focus in there, but I tend to find a lot of times they do kind of go hand in hand, like women yeah. owned or, yeah. um, those are the brands I gravitate towards as well. Okay. So I'm thinking like women supporting women, yeah. um, uh, building brand loyalty by expanding their market into a children's wear collection for yeah. future generations. Yeah. And if there is a sustainability aspect, it's this people planet, um, focus. So okay. those are the details all. That was the original back. plan or this is your refined? This, this is my more refined. I mean, obviously that was not the refined statement, but yeah. this is the more <laughs> refined fine. market. Niche. Okay. Yeah. Who, what was the original research? The original research that you did. So my original research was more of just as a children's wear designer, okay. uh, doing CADs, collections, sketches, tech, you know, I could do tech facts, but it was more of like children's wear design. Um, my customer research was fairly broad. So I, I reached out to children's wear companies, okay. but I also tapped resources I had for like trend analyst or others, uh, buyers, um, people in like a sustainability brand and just asking questions across the board. Okay. Um, and got some good feedback for sure. There was a lot regarding communication and things that are actually relevant to their brand. (laughs) Meaning Uh, like what exactly do you mean by that? what, uh, so like designs that came from designers that just were not meeting their customer needs and they weren't. Oh, okay. The designs. Okay. Gotcha. Didn't, there was poor communication maybe between the designer and the brand or they just weren't getting the target market or something. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some other feedback, what like with sustainability often was related to price, um, Good quality was something that everyone mentioned. And, um, yeah, those are the ones that I can think of. Okay. I can pull up my notes, but, yeah. And so these were talking to industry contacts you already had maybe on the periphery of the actual brand, but also talking to brands that already have children's wear lines or specifically children's wear lines. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, here's the thing. I think you already have the 80-20 for sure. Okay. Right? Because there's likely a really good chance probably that like whether it's children's or women's and then women's maybe thinking about going into children's but they're just waiting for the right children's wear designer. Um, those challenges are going to be fairly universal. There are probably some nuanced challenges, Right. Sure. Uh, fit. A woman's yes. brand that hasn't done kids, fit is going to be, I mean, fitting a kid is very different than fitting an adult. Right. Um, 
so, you know, I think you could just use, like, common sense for some of those more nuanced challenges for this new category, the new niche that you want to go into, which is quite a bit more specific. Um, and with the women, women-owned business thing, I think is more just like a, it's just going to be a personal connection. Yeah. As like a woman to a woman and like maybe even a mom to a mom and, hey, you're a mom and you've got this women's wear brand and now you want to go into kids and that's just going to be a personal connection, right? Sure. Okay. So I don't think that you need to like go back to customer research, but I would encourage you to, I mean, everybody freelancing, customer research is a living and breathing constant thing, right? So as soon as you have the opportunity to get on an initial call with a prospective client, do like a discovery call, um, that is an opportunity for some serious customer research. When you're working on the project, it's customer research. Like what's going Mm -hmm. wrong? Where are they getting frustrated? Where are things getting stuck? Where are things getting held up, right? All that sort of stuff. Um, So it's, it's an living and breathing thing, but I don't think you need to go back. So I would take what you know, position it accordingly okay. to this new niche, add in, you know, the relevance. I mean, the obvious one I thought of was fit, but I don't know, yeah. like maybe there's some other stuff like, you know, I don't know what what's the exact aesthetic Um, Mm -hmm. but for some aesthetics, for a lot of aesthetics, you know, prints are huge for kids. Yeah. Um, whether it's graphic place prints or all over prints, um, you know, maybe not like some brands are way more subtle with, you know, solids and stuff, but so it's going to depend, but like that could be just something to bring up, like, you know, and you know, your team's really great at da da da, like you know, prints for adults and all this thing. But, like, prints for kids have their – it's an animal in themselves, right? It's different scale. It's different – obviously very different aesthetic, that sort of thing. Um, You know, and then – then, gosh, the more I talk about this, the more things, right? You have to think about um, all the regulations with kids' clothes. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the That's huge. Mm -hmm. That would be a huge barrier to entry, for a brand that wants to go into the market that's not doing that market. Mm-hmm. That okay. would be a really big value that you could bring to the table and could potentially be a pain point that is preventing them from even, like, jumping into this. Okay, we haven't gone out. Like, we want to do this. We just haven't gone out and sourced the designer, right? Like, um, one of one – of, uh, the students in Influence Accelerator, Mari, I don't know if you've had the opportunity to connect with her. She's been on the podcast before, but um, she does sustainable cashmere sweater knits um, and other stuff too, like scarves and socks. But she initially started with sweaters and she found success. She went after some sock and scarf companies and said, hey, I can do sweaters. And they were like, brilliant, we've been wanting to do sweaters, but we don't know all about fit and all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah. So a lot of it can be the timing. Um, But think about all the nuances of kids' clothes that you bring to the table. I would say probably then the two biggest ones are probably going to be the the regulations on kids' clothes. Yeah. And then probably fit, right? Yeah. I know you're you're saying you're doing design. I don't know how much, and you said maybe tech packs. I don't know how much you're doing fit, but maybe you know someone right who could help. I mean, right? Yeah, that's. I guess that was like the next question that I was gonna um, ask. Is sometimes these pain points come up, and it's like, yes, you're right. That is something that would be good to know. Mm-hmm. I'm not the expert in that though. Um, or at but least you not know yet. enough to like find the person or okay. right. So you either know that person through your network of people that you know from working in the industry yeah. or that person is inside the freelance accelerator student group. Um, I know there's kids wear designers in there and there's pattern makers and somebody knows somebody. Yeah. And yeah. so it's your responsibility, not, not your responsibility. 
if let's say you don't want to touch the fit stuff, then you know what? Don't touch the fit stuff. Okay. But maybe you touch the regulation stuff because as a designer, you know, like various nuances of like, you probably know stuff about certain fabrics. And I know it's got to be, you know, fire retardant for like sleepwear. Sleepwear, I don't know the nuances. And obviously you can't have like decoration that they can pull off and choke on. Right. right? Um, I mean, some of it kind of sounds a little bit obvious, but there's tight, serious regulations on kids' clothes. Yeah. So just knowing for the brand that they have someone who has that expertise could be really, really, really valuable. If you don't want to touch fit, then don't touch fit. If you want to though, you have an opportunity to enlist someone. I mean, I imagine you know enough at this point in your career to, I say at this point, I don't even know how long you've worked in the industry. Sounds like long enough. Uh, like seven years. Okay. As far as, yeah, children. You know enough. Yeah. To feel like you get, you can help them find somebody who you trust and who knows what they're doing, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. You know how to do a gut check on that. So there's an opportunity there. Um, but outside of that, I mean, maybe I'm missing some of the the things that they could get stuck on trying to go into kids. Based on what you know in kids, where maybe there's another big thing that they're going to get stuck on that I'm not even thinking of. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, and I have done, like, customer research even just for brands in general where it lends itself to parents or moms or, like, who is, who's shopping for the kids clothes now. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to have to think more about that, but you bring up a good point, like to consider some of the things, like the obstacles that companies would be facing just to enter into the market. Like it, it isn't necessarily design, um, it's not all just about like the aesthetic, like, Hey, I have the eye. I mean, you do have the eye, we know that. That's great. But what else can you offer that is going to make their life a lot easier? Right, right. Okay. That's good. I'll think about that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there. And I think you have what you need. Use the knowledge you've gathered and then infuse okay. some common sense in there. Just thinking, like put yourself in their shoes, right? Yeah. And think, what would this look like if I was trying to do this and I didn't know about the children's market? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then I think, too, you'll have a really big – you'll – you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity to have just – just to connect on that interpersonal level from, like, a woman to a woman, a mom to a mom. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely more personal when I think about it, but it did help me at least kind of narrow down – A niche. (laughs) Yeah. So So. are you going to look for these, like, women-owned women's brands and just go based off of, like, I like what they're doing and I think it could be interesting for them to go? I mean, there's no way for you to know off the bat if they're thinking about going into kids. It's going to be really hard to know. So you're just going to go out there and kind of pitch it? Yeah. So I I went through and made a list, you know, doing – I haven't pitched anything as of yet, but – just going through, looking at different brands through Instagram or online, um, ones that I'm already familiar with or shop from. Mm-hmm. And some of them do kids wear. Okay. Um, a lot of them do not, but it was primarily based on, is it women owned? Is it, um, are they, do they have a focus on sustainability? sustainability. Yeah. Um, is it something where they already have a market established where people would be interested to buy children's clothes. So that the moms or the parents, um, they're already the customer and then it's very easy for them to then just buy into it for their kid. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so those were some of the like main things that I was looking at as I was researching brands. Um, and yeah, like not all of them were, some of the brands I really liked and then realized very quickly, like, this is a young demographic. They're not entering into maybe a new <laughs> stage of life for kids yet. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think this is going to fit, like, their um, their customer. Yeah. So, yeah. So 
at this point I have collected different companies and, and potential clients that I'd want to reach out to. Um, I was considering if I should, if I was going to do more customer research, do I reach out to some of these specific brands knowing that eventually I'd want to pitch to them? You totally can. But Yeah, you can do customer research and then a month or however much longer later, you just open the conversation up kind of where you left off and transition into like, hey, you know, I was doing research back then and I know I told you I wasn't ready to start taking clients and um, we had a great call and it was really interesting what you said about da-da-da-da-da, right? Like be really specific and clear, right, about so they – they make it, you make it feel like you remember them and it was like, they're a real person. You're not just like blanket pitching them. Right. Okay. Um, and then, you know, I wanted to let you know that I've kind of built out my services and, and I'd love to share with you, you know, what I'm working on and if there's any way I could help you, um, sort of like that. Right. So it's, you, it's essentially, you've got like this warm lead more or less, You've talked to them, so it's yeah. not cold, right? Right. And then pick up, like, a natural conversation. If it was a friend, you would come in and you'd be like, oh, so good to see you. Oh, my gosh, we chatted about that thing last time. How did it go, right? Yeah. Like, you yeah. want to just treat them like a real person. And yeah. Which sometimes we really forget when it comes to, like, work, right? Or getting right. projects or clients or what have you. So pick up, pick up the conversation where it kind of naturally left off. Okay. And then, you know, just a soft, like, I'm doing this now, and it would be really cool to work with you if, if you're still, like, planning to kind of build this new category out. Let me know if you'd like to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. And now thinking about it, originally I was thinking of other brands, too, that might be, like, some in, were on, in Australia, some were in London. Yeah. Most were in the U S where I'm also based. Yeah. But now that I, we've talked about like the regulations and things like that, US I would have easiest. to, yeah, I'd have yeah. to expand my knowledge quite a bit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's possible. It's possible. It, um, maybe that's just then something that you don't like heavily focus on in your pitch. Yeah. Yeah. That like, okay. you know, all the regulations, right. Um, and then it could be a little bit more of like they want to work with you because they love your eye for design, which is absolutely possible that it just they're like that's enough to sell them. And then I would just be really transparent, be like, you know, I understand the regulations in the U.S. Um, mm-hmm. I realize, you know, you're in a different country. I'm going to do a bunch of research, but, you know, I we need to kind of both be on board with like making sure this is figured out. Like I can't right. be liable. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. So it's just okay. a transparent conversation at that point, right? So you could definitely pitch them and sell them exclusively on, like, I'm the great designer to hire and not even address that pain point since it's not something you can confidently solve at that do, moment in yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So right. I would do that before you do the research in advance. Like, I wouldn't do okay. all the research on, like, okay, what are the regulations in Australia and then pitch, right? I would just leave that out of the pitch. And then okay. have a conversation about it if it comes up. Okay. When it comes All right. up, right? All right. Great. Yeah. yeah. That's helpful. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Um, so you are hopefully going to hear either yes or no, so at least you have some closure on that job by this week, you think? It's already Thursday. I know. I'm hoping. I mean, I okay. thought it would be by... By now. By now, yeah. Okay. But we'll see. Um, <laughs> so the reason I asked was not to put you on the spot about that, but more yeah, no, to okay. um, just say as far as, like, freelancing goes, like, what, you know, we have this call. I've given you a ton of ideas on, you know, productivity and your time management um, as well as, you know, looking at these brands that you want to work with. Um, what does that mean for you for the next like two weeks as far as like mm-hmm. what, what do you want to commit to taking action on? Yeah. Um, so by the end of this week, I mean, I'd like to ideally hear from this job one way or another. Okay. Um, but either way next week, that's out I of wanna, our controls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's been a week to week process for yeah, sure. I'm, I'm like, sure. Yeah. You know what? Uh, if it's any consolation, I have gone through a lot of hiring pains in the last <laughs> year. It has been so challenging. And if you 
see like what goes on behind the scenes. Like I now get why this process takes time and you don't always hear back when you thought you were going to like, it's just, it's a lot. It is. And I'm a small, you know, we're small, tiny little team. So when it gets bigger, it's even more of a, so many, it's a, it's a rat's nest sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, so not to interrupt. So hopefully you're back. Yeah. And then tomorrow you're, or next week, what are you in control of? <laughs> so next week I am in control. I'm going to look into the unemployment re, um, requirements and the program that might be available for business business and building yeah. your own business. Okay. Um, so I'm going to look into that. Okay. I have my list of contacts of businesses that I want to reach out to. I'm going to focus on my writing my pitch email. Um or emails rather yeah. to personalize them. Yeah. Um, and sending some of those out. So I'd like to send out, I'll say five. Okay. I'd like to do more, but I'm going to say five just so I don't like overestimate my time. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's fair considering yeah. I think you still have got a little research to do. Yeah. You are also like mentally juggling this full-time job stuff is a lot. You're pregnant. Like let's, <laughs> I think five is totally good. If yeah. I'm, I'm one to push and I wouldn't push that. I think okay. that's good. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd like to get five pitch emails written and hopefully sent out as well. Like when I say five emails, I mean sent out by the end of the week. But by the next week, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. By the end of the week, I'd like to send out five okay. pitch emails regarding freelancing or okay. at least customer research. Now I'm like going back and forth. Wait, why are you doing customer, customer research? No, I'm not. No, I'm not doing you're not. <laughs> I don't think you need to do any. I'm not doing customer research. Yeah. I'm going to refine my niche and write the pitch emails. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Um, are you in the private student group? I'm not. Okay. Are you, do you do Facebook? Um, I have it. <laughs> yeah, that's how I am. I understand. I, yeah. I hate the fact that it's there, but that's where it is because that's where <laughs> we do these things. Um, so uh, it's in Facebook. If you need the link, just email Tara or Daniel. They can get you the okay. link. Um, And the reason I say that is because what I would love to see is for you to go in there and and summarize um, a little bit of what we learned on the call, what you learned on the call today and kind of where you were at and where you're feeling like you're at now, but mostly to write down publicly in front of other people what you're committing to for next week, Um, you know, just so that you kind of put it down and get it out there tends to help people follow through and take action. For sure. Um, I don't have any doubts with that for you, but I think it's just valuable to do. And, you know, the, the insights that you may have had on, on this conversation, uh, you can share some of those and other people can find that helpful as well. So it's, you know, just kind of a way of kind of giving back and going full circle within the SFD community. Great. Yeah. I will do that. Yeah. And you said the it's the private student group. Is that just you... email Tara or Daniel and just say like, "Hey, can you get me into the fast student group?" Yeah, fast there's just student. one. Okay. Yeah, there's just one group. Then they'll, they'll know what you're talking okay. about. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. Um, yeah. Great. Thank so, you so much. Yeah, of course. It was great to <laughs> chat with you, Lindsay. You too. Keep me updated and. Um, I am excited for your baby. Thank you. Yeah. Do you know the? We the, are the too. Do you know? It's, is it a surprise? A boy. It's a boy. It's a boy. Yeah. yeah that's so. exciting. Yeah. I mean, any baby's exciting. I know. That's what everyone says, but it's yeah. still it's still fun. So yeah. Is It'll your daughter excited? She is. Yes. Yeah. She. I think it's going to be a love hate relationship. Yeah. Least, as but. are a lot of siblings. <laughs> I think. <laughs> She's been very clingy lately. So. Yeah. Yeah. But it's all good. It's exciting. Well, I wish you the best with all that. Keep us updated on the baby. Uh, Tara and I are both moms, and we love seeing baby pictures. So, you know, please don't be shy. (laughs) Um, uh, And if that's, like, way too intrusive, of course, you don't have to send anything. But um, I mean, I got, you know, he's he's a fit model. I got a three-year-old fit model. I got 
the newborn fit model now. Yes, that's right. (laughs) You totally do. I didn't even think about that. Brilliant, brilliant. Mm. See, there's another thing in your pitch. That's true. Now, if you don't want to do fit, though. (laughs) Um, Awesome. You're kicking so much butt. And, uh, yeah, keep us posted, and uh, you're going to do great. I will. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining me and Lindsay on this strategy session. I will remind you that Lindsay is a student inside of Freelance Accelerator and one of the benefits of being inside that program beyond all the templates and tutorials and step-by-step guidance to build and grow your freelance career. We do monthly live Q&As as well as the opportunity for live strategy sessions with me. Um, if that is something that you are interested in to help grow your freelance career and you know that some personalized one-on-one advice would help you get to where you want to go. You can check out the details of Freelance Accelerator by heading to soheady.com slash fast. That is F-A-S-T. We will link to that below wherever you're listening. Just scroll down. And uh, I also want to give a big shout out to two people behind the scenes that make the podcast possible, which is my right hand, Tara, kick ass of everything. There's so much stuff inside of Successful Fashion Designer to help this business run and to get this podcast published and scheduled and coordinated and out into your ears. So thank you, Tara. Um, as well as a big thank you to my husband, Mark, who does all the tech and the editing behind the scenes. Um, and of course, a huge thank you to you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope that you're having an awesome day, whatever it is you are doing. If you haven't yet, make sure that you subscribe on YouTube if that's where you're watching or hit the follow button on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're tuning in. Uh, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button so you don't miss out on any episodes. And I think that's it. All right. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you next, next episode. Bye.